1: You're listening to Radio Kidnap, the voice of Hawksbade. This is the program called...
0: The Wonderful World of Wardini Books.
1: My pleasure, as always, to have in the studio the wonderful Lou from Wardini Books in Havelock North. And you've got another store over there in Hastings Street in Napier. And you're mostly flat out like a lizard drinking.
0: Yeah. Readers yeah. is weekend this weekend, so.
1: That is good. Yeah. And I, I think we spoke about it last week that uh, I was hearing on the old radio and on the old telly that it's getting hard to get stuff for Christmas each. So get in.
0: October is the new December.
1: Yeah, that's right. So mm-hmm. get shopping. But of course, I suppose if you don't know what to buy for someone, you can probably buy a gift voucher.
0: Yeah, yeah, book voucher, I think you meant. Yes, yes, that's what I meant.
1: From from your place, I meant a (laughs) voucher from your pad. I've got three more fabulous books today, and the first one is, uh, and I love the cover, it's called A Duck Called Brian.
0: Duck Called Brian, it's by Al Murphy, published by Scholastic Books. And yeah, who's not going to pick that up? Absolutely. And um, so I did. And this is Brian. It's not really explained why he's blue, but he is. So this is Brian what's that you say he's blue he sure is he's one real one of a kind and what happens is that um he has a terrible personal disaster he's out of duck nuts there's not much <laughs> he likes in life he likes his best friend yeah. gregory he likes a cold glass of milk and he likes a bowl of delicious duck nuts yeah. but come this morning it's like oh my goodness there are no duck nuts. And he decided to go and find Gregory to tell him all about it. Because that's what you do when you have a personal disaster. You tell your best friend. You do, indeed. So off he goes. And this is the whole thing about the book, is that he's on a mission to find Gregory. Because he has to tell him about the ducknuts. And then he encounters a series of very bizarre things happening. (laughs) And it's all just like, oh, that's happening. Okay. So some of the things that happen to Brian as he's looking for Gregory. Okay, he comes across Peter. Peter's busy counting ants. Good morning, Peter, said Brian. Have you seen Gregory? Sorry, no. I've been busy counting ants. Would you like to join me? Uh, no, I'm a bit busy trying to find Gregory. And off he goes. And <laughs> this one is great. It comes across Neil and Tina, who are icing a gigantic cake. Uh, have you seen Gregory? No, we've been busy being doing some extreme cake baking. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> so that's what they're doing. Okay, no, and they all invite him to join in. Uh, there's one where they are inventing uh, an almost certainly crocodile-proof diving suit. Uh, and the little sign there says, good luck, Dave, crossed out. Duke, crossed out. Donnie. <laughs> the ones that uh, it didn't work on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then there's uh, somebody. a load of ducks trying to create the largest duck pyramid. And um, Siberian. This is my favourite one because, has anybody seen Gregory? Sorry, no, we've been busy building a state-of-the-art rocket to send Gareth to the moon. Would you like to join us? <laughs> Gareth changed his mind. Uh, my Gareth would not. He would love to go to the <laughs> moon. Um, Yeah, so there's all sorts of... I won't spoil it for people because it's just delightfully Mm. bizarre and silly and amazing. And thank you, Al Murphy, the author, for having such a wild um, imagination.
1: How did they think about... Look look at that. Yeah, yeah, there he he is. Gregory,
0: Gregory, where are you? So you want to know, don't you, what happens? So anyway, eventually, it's the worst day ever and he's having a terrible time and he's got no duck nuts and he's got no Gregory. And... There's a magic door. Oh,
1: magic door. Because
0: why wouldn't there be?
1: Of course. And what's behind the magic door, I wonder? Look at all those.
0: It's that lucky winner. He gets a wish. Mm-hmm. What do you think he's going to wish for?
1: Well, in a selfish world, I would have thought he might wish for some nuts, but he wishes with um, Yeah, they are. Uh, duck nuts. Duck nuts, yeah.
0: But really, no. It's Gregory. (laughs) Where
1: is Gregory? Yeah,
0: his wish finally Uh, came true. He's got got Gregory. And 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 they're like, like I've had the strangest day. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so I just thought that was absolutely delightful. And I would love to read that over and over and over at bedtime to small children. And what
1: a great stocking filler that would be. And Mm. what's your favourite nut?
0: Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Walnuts. No, actually almonds. How about you? I'd
1: have to probably punt for salted pistachios. It's
0: cheating a bit, though, isn't it? Oh, I
1: know, but my God, they're delicious, aren't they? They are absolutely delicious. Yeah. yeah. And it's a bit of a hassle getting them out of the shell, but it's part of the fun, I it's suppose.
0: It's all part of it. Absolutely Very rewarding.
1: Right. Tell us all about dragon skin.
0: Oh, this is incredible. This is by Karen Foxley. Ages ago, probably reviewed it on this show, there was a book called Lenny's Book of Everything, and that was gorgeous, and it's the same author. So in this one, there's a wee girl, Pip And she lives in Australia and they're in one of those mining towns right in the middle of nowhere. It's all, it's dusty or it's flooded and there is no in between. Um, And she has, she lives with her mum who used to dance and wear her beautiful floaty dresses and they'd have lots of fun together. Uh, And then mum's boyfriend Matt moves in and absolutely everything changes Mm. and he is a very emotionally manipulative, controlling person. Um, And this is a book for about nine and up. So it's quite subtly told, you know, but as a grown up, you go. Oh, my God, Matt, dear Mm. me. No, get out, Mum. But uh, Mum is not getting out. She's fallen into that trap of making excuses for him. So, anyway, Pip's not happy about that. She's also, um, we don't quite know at the beginning what's happened to Mika, her best friend. Mika just rolled into town one day with wild stories and he chose Pip to be his best friend and they were just marvellous friends and they went on bunyip hunts and found special crystals that they thought were dragon eggs and had kid adventures together but then something happens and Mika is gone so now Pip is by herself and she's pretty miserable and she goes and sits by the waterhole in the evenings um, even though mum's told her not to and she just leaves it as long as she can to go home because Matt's probably going to be there Um, but she's down there one night right at the beginning of the book and she sees something um, in the... The reeds and and she investigates and it is Ken, I'm not kidding. It's a baby dragon, <laughs> and it's nearly dead. Yes, and Pip's like, this is my life's purpose. I have to save this baby dragon. And so she puts it in a backpack and she takes it home. And she thinks she's killed it the first night because she gives it sugar syrup in a in a little syringe thing that she's got, and um, it vomits. And you know it's all going it's all going wrong. And then Mika, his voice comes to comes to her she misses him so much and he kind of talks to her in her head and he says well when, when I was sick I had arrowroot biscuits and they were great and so she yeah. mushes up arrowroot biscuits and feeds it to the dragon and that's it Dragon that's the arrowroot. secret Yum. so it's about Pip having this massive secret that she's got to keep because if if Matt found that dragon that would be you know it'd just be a disaster and so she's she's trying to sort out the dragon she's trying to sort out everything by herself and she realizes that she can't do it by herself and then some people who she never would have thought would team up with her do Mm. and it is the most beautiful story it's it's funny and it's life-affirming and hopeful and also really sad and it's just all of the things. It's absolutely beautiful.
1: And it's a, an uplifting ending. Mm, oh, yeah. A, I love uplifting endings. It's
0: lovely. Yeah. You would love this book, Ken.
1: I might love the next one even more, though. The Apollo Ooh. Murders. Yeah. I love
0: this. Do you know who Chris Hadfield is? I've heard of him. He's an actual real-life astronaut.
1: Oh, you mentioned him last week. Did you I? Did. That's why where I, where I remember it. I
0: haven't already reviewed it. No, though, they like, reviewed no, you haven't reviewed it. Good. No, no. Um, and he's written a novel. Uh and it's just brilliant. So the Apollo murders. So it is fiction, but what he's done, he's got um, real-life characters from, you know, you'd recognise them from, like, the Apollo 13 mm-hmm. film, like Gene Kranz at Mission Control, and all these people who are real people. And there's a um, like a glossary at the back to tell you who everybody is. And uh, we're in the Cold War, so we're in the sort of 60s, 70s, 1973, and they're going to do a final top-secret mission to the moon, Apollo 18. And, um... The uh, Kaz, this guy called Kaz, who was a fighter pilot and on an astronaut program, he um, is training in a plane, fighter jet, and he loses an eye, and that puts paid to all his going to the moon Mm. dreams. So he goes into sort of of like an advisory capacity, for for want of a better technical word, and. he's called in by the powers that be and said, right, we need you to go and be part of this Apollo 18 mission because it was just going to be like a geological exploration of the moon, but it's not now because the Russians have got something up there and we want to know exactly what's going on. And, um, you need to sort of manipulate this mission with the astronauts that are going up, um, to find out what the hell the Russians are doing. Yeah. So it just becomes yeah. this real sort of spy thing. And is there something's go like the first murder that happens? Um, you don't know if it's a murder or an accident and and then they get into space these three astronauts go into space and Kazakhstan in the mission control and there is so much going on there it's just absolutely incredible and then like massive fights in space and what's going on with the russians and what's going on with the americans and um wow
1: i can't wait till the movie comes out
0: it would make a brilliant movie yeah. it really would but yeah, I, it was one of those novels that you think I cannot put it down. I can't stop thinking about it. I want to go to the moon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just,
1: um, who's going to read it? Who's it? Who is it aimed at?
0: Everybody, really. I mean, if you like any kind of um, thriller or mystery, or any, and then and then you've got the people that like the military t- type stuff mm. as well, because there's some quite technical. Um, mm stuff in there as well so also people that that like books that will go into the detail of a lunar landing module yes. and yeah. you know the science of it I, and i love all that stuff i found it absolutely fascinating from start to finish and the science is correct and the history is correct so that that's an added bonus
1: was it an easy read
0: mm, very much so yeah. yeah so when i talk about technical detail i'm not usually into that mm. like i could you know that book the martian that got yeah. made into it f- yes. i couldn't wade through all the hydroponics stuff in it you know Uh, i was like couldn't do it but this one absolutely loved it from start to finish brilliant
1: good on you lou as always my pleasure to talk with you you look after yourself and we'll talk at the same time same place next time
0: cool thanks ken